0: The Serious Side of the J. Riles Show is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network.
1: My father's conversation with me was daily. My grandfather uh, talked to me as a, as, a, as a black man from Augusta, Georgia, growing up in the Deep South. Frightening. And I'm being very light when I use the word frightening. If something goes wrong your first line of defense, uh, you know, the parents not being there, is to go to the police. If you're Caucasian. So, I I mean, that's what you teach
2: your children. Unfortunately, uh, it can't work for black children,
1: right? Being an
3: African-American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people.
1: What I love about you as my son is I remember when... We thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali. You are the Malcolm X. You are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's
4: it. I love you.
3: Why should I vote? Nothing ever changes. The system is rigged. Why bother? Whether you're trying to get dinner on the table after working a double shift, dropping baby off with grandma, or studying for exams, voting can feel like the furthest thing from your mind. You might even feel like it's just not worth it. But that's exactly what some people want you to think. The truth is, when we stay home, things stay the same or they get worse. But when we all vote, we get new ideas and new energy. We get leaders who share our values and listen to our voices. That's how we change America. And that's why it's so important to register right now and vote this November. And in every election, go to whenweallvote.org or text WEALLVOTE to 97779 to get started. And know that your vote will make a difference.
2: You are listening to the TJRS TJRS Radio Network.
3: Network.
4: Welcome to the serious side. We are experiencing... Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder congressional Democratic leaders and White House officials say talks will continue on a pandemic relief bill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the top Democrat in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, say they made more progress during Saturday's meeting. NPR's Claudia Rosales reports on where things stand.
5: After their fifth meeting this week, Speaker Pelosi and Minority Leader Schumer said they're feeling hopeful about a deal, but they noted they still have a ways to go. They met with
2: Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on Saturday, and they plan to meet again on Monday.
4: Issues that have held up an agreement include an extension of now-expired federal unemployment benefits an eviction moratorium, and liability protections for employers during the pandemic. California has become the first state in the country to hit half a million infections, and Pierce Matthew Schwartz reports the state's also seeing more daily deaths than ever before. 219 people lost their lives to the coronavirus in one day, California health officials reported Saturday. It's the state's highest daily figure since the pandemic began, bringing its total fatalities to over 9,200 including the state's first loss of a teenager, which officials announced this week. With more than 500,000 total cases of
1: the virus, California is leading the nation, edging out Florida, which has 480,000 confirmed cases. According to data from the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Tracker, the U.S. saw 1.8 million new cases in July, the worst month on record. Matthew Schwartz, NPR News, Washington.
4: Overseas, a rise in coronavirus infections in the Australian state of Victoria has led officials to declare a state of disaster, and Rachel Bongiorno reports that officials are now imposing the tightest restrictions to date including a nightly curfew and limits on shopping, exercise and education.
6: The state had largely beat the virus in early June, recording only a handful on no new cases a day. But in early July, the number of community-acquired cases soared into the hundreds, just weeks after initial restrictions were lifted. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews raised concerns not just about the growing number of community
5: transmissions, but also the number of cases that can't be traced.
7: Those mysteries
4: that community transmission is in many respects our biggest challenge and the reason why we need to move to a different set of rules.
8: There is currently a judicial
6: inquiry into breaches of infection control with the hotel quarantine of returned travellers, which is thought to have contributed to the state's second wave. From PR News, I'm Rachel Bongiorno
8: in Melbourne.
4: It's raining in the coronavirus hotspot of Florida this morning. The first bands of heavy rain have arrived from what is now a tropical storm, Isaias, Forecasters expect that storm to move north along the state's coast through tonight and then head for the Carolinas tomorrow. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side...
3: President Trump is signaling interest in extending some type of weekly economic lifeline to help millions of unemployed Americans. The softening of the White House and Republican positions follows weeks of opposition to offering what they described as a reward for people not to work. And as negotiations resume today on another coronavirus relief package, the movement comes as Congress allowed the program that provides a $600 weekly supplement to unemployment benefits to expire overnight. Okay, so everyone
2: wants to know, who is Joe Biden? going to pick to be his running mate. I know this is something that Tory stews on over and over. Yep. Mm -hmm. There (laughs) she is, of course. Uh, Biden was photographed yesterday. Look at those notes. Can you see with a magnifying glass? Don't worry, we did the work for you. So they're handwritten notes with Senator Kamala Harris's name at the top. Yep, the notes had some talking points, including do not hold grudges, campaigned with me and Jill, and great respect for her.
9: The John Lewis Voting Rights Act That is a fine tribute. But John wouldn't want us to stop there, just trying to get back to where we already were. Once we pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, we should keep marching to make it even better by making sure every American is automatically registered to vote, including former inmates who've earned their second chance. polling places, and expanding early voting, and making election day a national holiday. So if you are somebody who's working in a factory, or you're a single mom who's got to go to her job, and doesn't get time off.
4: Welcome to the Serious Side of the J. roll Show, with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell. Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay. mau
10: Thank you so much and good morning, everyone. Today is August 2nd, 2020, and here are the topics that we'll be discussing on this morning's show. Expired Benefits on July 31st, the extended unemployment benefit of $600 per week will expire while Republicans in the Senate took their August recess. Imagine that. FYI, the Dems canceled their recess until this thing has been resolved. Good gracious to life. What the hell's going on in America? And the winner is, this past week, cameras got an up-close shot of Vice President Biden's notes at an event. Guess whose name was at the top of that list? Here's a hint. The initials are KH. Kilo Hotel for my military people out there. And saying goodbye to a legend this week, the nation honored civil rights icon John Lewis. The service was filled with tribute songs and praise, but it was one, but it was the remarks of one speaker that got everyone's attention. We'll talk about all that and more right here on the serious side. But before we do that, as always, I have to introduce you
11: to some of the best people in the
10: business. And let me tell you, this lady right here, she is my big sis. She watches CNN, MSNBC, and hang out with Trump people so you don't have to. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. I missed you. How are you?
6: (laughs) Good morning, I just love you. I am good this morning, and you told the absolute truth about me. <laughs> I do. I oh, and one thing
10: the I time. forgot to mention. One thing I forgot oh, to what? mention, Vanessa, and an avid traveler just all over the place.
6: God, I, I can't to wait to get back on a cruise ship, and Vegas is out in all of our names. I ain't lying. I'm not lying. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm so glad to be here. Thank y'all for joining me. Those of you who are on my Facebook page and y'all, I told y'all to come join me this morning. Uh, good morning to you guys
10: as well. Good morning, and thank you so much, Vanessa. The man who I call the Educator Brother. When I tell you this guy, when you talk about the ascension of someone, when you see someone when they're in their young days and when they're young and foolish, like we all were at some point in our lives, to see them blossom. Turn it to a butterfly Turn it to one of the most distinguished men in radio Let's bring this guy in The one and only Mr. Johnny In The place to be make Good morning, how are you sir?
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning um, First let 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 me say thank you to, to my creator and maker For allowing me an opportunity to see this day And then also if I can ascend from that That Outstanding and uh, Possibly true uh, Introduction Um, (laughs) I do want to just say (laughs) Thank you for the kind words My brother Um, It's always a pleasure to be part of The broadcast Um, Of course last week uh, We were all Cast for doing other things And uh, Miss Vanessa Certainly it is always a pleasure Hearing your raw and uncut and uncensored and informed version of of today's America and, and, and Jay if you, if you recall if you recall the 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 blasphemous comments spoken by uh, the I, I don't even know if he's a presidential hopeful uh, Kanye West you know where he talked okay. about um, I I our our sister Harriet Tubman, you know, Harriet Tubman was yeah. also a a, a a a a operative, a counter intelligence operative, uh and, and crossed the lines and, and and helped the Union soldiers uh infiltrate yeah. those Confederate soldiers and I guess that's what Ms. Vanessa is doing when she's uh amongst those <laughs> Trumpers. So <laughs> Actually, in there, um, definitely. Well, you 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 keep doing your your counterintelligence your with with that group right there, so that we can know exactly what they're thinking. And, and again, I think uh, all of us have said at some point that's why we tune in on you know our American network and Fox News, so that you know we can hear a, a broader perspective of what everybody is thinking because until you actually know what a person thinks then you don't know what they're planning to do and that is just uh yet i think an admirable uh, aspect of uh, miss vanessa uh dr williams jerome Les, uh jay and to those individuals who allow us an opportunity to come in to their homes each week uh, i thank you and i'm looking forward to the broadcast
10: hey man love you to death and the man Gives the first and last word here on the serious side. You know, he's really the host with the most. He is the man. Uh, what a great American. What a great black man. What a great father figure. What just an excellent example of what a true friend and brother should be. The one and only Jerome And I'm just joking. Mr. Elias is in the place to be. Good morning, Mr. Elias. <laughs> <laughs> How are you?
12: <laughs>
0: wow. Man. Thank you for that. I was like, Hey, man, you must have got some last night, because you're giving out compliments like they $100. I'm beer. trying to now, tell
12: yeah. you, Whoa, That's not
0: what? what
10: happened. That's for damn sure. But thank you, Miss Elias. Continue on, please.
0: <laughs> good morning to everyone. Please good morning, that. Hawk. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Nessa. Mm-hmm. Good, good morning, Good morning, oh, my brother. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Kathleen. Uh, good mm-hmm. hey, good, good morning, Good morning, Mariana home. Music, and good morning, Jerome. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <Good morning, Jerome.
10: laughs> Tell you what, this is the first time the intro music actually ran out before we got into the show. All right, Jerome, our dear colleague Jerome joins us usually after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, Kathleen Williams. Obviously, with everything starting to reopen, and you know what she does on Sunday because we talk about all the mini hats that she wears. So she's not here this morning, but hopefully she'll stop by and say hello. But until then, we'll hold it down for you 347 850 1272. 1272. Like Johnny D said, we were out last week, but we're back in the place to be. We have a lot to talk about. So without any further ado, let's get it started.
12: President
8: Trump returned from Florida Friday night just as unemployment benefits for up to 30 million Americans ran out with no immediate extension from Congress. The
1: Democrats do not care about the people of our country.
8: They don't want to do what you should be doing for the people of our country whether it's unemployment or anything else. President Trump pinned the blame on Democrats after the White House said it put several proposals on the table. We don't have shared values. That's just the way it is. So it's not bickering. It's standing our ground. Democrats want to keep the $600 weekly unemployment payment through next January. Republicans and the White House have offered a shorter-term extension
4: at a reduced rate. So we call on Capitol Hill to... Uh, get serious about their negotiations. The president is serious about the
8: negotiations. We're willing to engage. The Senate adjourned for the weekend while the House canceled its August recess until a deal is reached on a broader coronavirus rescue package.
1: This is going to be the greatest election disaster
8: in history. Meantime, President Trump renewed his attacks on mail-in voting as concerns surface about the U.S. Postal Service, now overseen by Louis DeJoy, a Trump ally. CBS News has learned DeJoy forced cost-cutting measures leading to undelivered mail piling up at post offices across the country. Feeling fears about the agency's ability to deliver ballots in time to be counted.
1: We're putting in all the resources you can. We're not prepared for this. They're not prepared for an onslaught of millions of ballots pouring in. They're not prepared.
11: They're not prepared. You watch. They're not going to announce anything on November
1: 3rd. To Today,
8: President Trump could take action on another front. Last night on Air Force One, he told reporters he plans to ban the popular social media app TikTok in the United States, though it's unclear how he plans to do that. The administration has expressed concern that the app could share Americans' data with China. However, TikTok says it is committed to user privacy.
10: With all the things that are going on in America, this man is talking about some damn TikTok. He's talking about the election where there are people out there who have lost their extended benefit for unemployment. What type of nation is this? Mr. Elias, let me start the conversation off with you. What the hell is going on here? And why do people continue to put up with this nonsense that the Republicans are doing?
0: Well, Jay, uh, you know, race plays a big part in that, man. This guy says everything that they want to say, but they're scared to say it or, they're, you know, they're, they're picking up right where, where they wanted to leave off. So the bottom line is, you know, the, the Republicans don't give a damn about the American people. They don't. Why couldn't you, why couldn't you extend a $600 budget for, for unemployed people that are looking for jobs and can't find them? There's no jobs out there to be had. The important the point of the way they're still going up, 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 up. There's jobs here and there, not everywhere. So the bottom line is they don't give a damn about you. So you keep voting for the same old stuff you're going to keep getting. This guy, and they, when the times are hard, he's telling you who you can depend on, not the Republican. And for him to sit there and say the Democrats are, are, are holding up progress, they're, they're, they're trying to keep you keeping, keeping your bills paid. It is it, just I don't I don't understand how anybody could vote for somebody who does not give a damn about the American people. I don't I don't it it, it befuddles me, and I'm 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 just like um, I'm unbelievably shocked at these at the things that are going on there and and, and the Senate and the and, you know the Senate is just they, you, it, it, the bills just go there to die. So they're not gonna give you an extra $600 a week so you can feed your family no nope. what they want to do is take your money take the money and give it to a large corporation who don't need it because that's where a lot of the money went to I looked at it and in uh, Illinois at some of the where the money went to it was it was people that were that, that are millionaires and billionaires who got this money and all they, all they were saying is that they didn't want to lose money they were like they you know come on
4: you know you've made
0: money for years and years and years give some back I understand about generational wealth but give some back be, be 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 something about something I own houses and I own houses in Gary Indiana I forgave too much rent on each one of those houses for the for the ladies that rent in them houses because God because that's the right thing to do just 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 have a heart sometimes it's, it's ridiculous the way they, they do
10: business you know, you've always heard the term not a hand out but a hand up Vanessa but once again, just to kind of piggyback on what Ms. Stanley has said, um, you know, we have Republicans who actually went on August recess while there are Americans out there trying to figure out how to pay their rent, how to put food on the table for their families. And here's the thing that's troubling about it, Vanessa. I don't think they're going to pay a political price. And I think that's one of the reasons why they continue to do what they do, what say you in regards to what? the crisis that this nation is currently facing with the Republicans not extending unemployment benefits or reissuing the moratorium on rent and mortgages. Okay.
6: Well, you know, I'm the rebel on the page. So let me play advocate here. As far as we go, I think they should continue it i think it should be based on your income that is coming in because your income might not necessarily be your job there are some people that have income from rental properties and i'm speaking of what i know for sure so i think that you paying rent or a mortgage or any of that should be based on your w-2 or not w-2 but your income tax paperwork that you turned in because there are people that got money from, from every other area, and they are faking and shaking like they really need that money, and they don't. The next thing is they had announced that it was going to go from $600 down to $200, and Bobby and I was looking at it coming across my phone, and I kind of screamed, and this girl said, well, what are you screaming for? So I told her that it was going from 600 to 200 Do y'all know what this young lady said to me? She said, damn, that means I got to go get a job because I can't live on $600. Okay, so I said, what? She said, "Why would I look for a job if I'm getting more money from unemployment? So, okay, that's one of the reasons why the Republicans don't want to keep it at $600 because people are getting more money than if they were working. So paying devil's advocate, I kind of see it, but I think it needs to be based on where people's money is coming from, I just really do, or what field they worked in. Because that girl said she worked at the oil company here in Houston. Do you not, you, Jay, you know how many oil companies we got here, here in Houston? She, I mean, I don't know. I, and I know they did lay off. I just don't get it. I just don't get how some of these people are like, I'm going to stay on unemployment. So, okay. The next, wait, Jay, wait, Jay, wait, because on another one, I probably won't say much. My brother-in-law, who's a supervisor at Shell, called back some people that were laid off, and you know what they said? Oh no, I'm drawing my money staying at home. So guess what his boss said? If they don't be in here tomorrow, fire them. So I'm just saying, some people really, 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 really need this money because they got three, four, five children, and certain states there is no jobs, but there are other states, Jay, that there are jobs, and people need to stop playing. And release the money
12: for people who actually need it. So
10: don't be mad, but I'm just telling you I'm true. All right, well, here's the deal. And let me say this to that, and I'm going to go to Johnny next. Uh, the, the bottom line is, is that, you know, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but there are a few people. It's like when Trump talks about, you know, uh, this whole thing with uh, of, of voting by mail. I mean, there are a bunch of bad apples. But should everybody, should the majority suffer because we have a bunch of bad apples? And if you want to talk about giving away money, six hundred dollars is nothing compared to what they give to a lot of these businesses and yeah. stuff. Now you think no, about Tom Brady's yeah. business. Yeah, Tom Brady's got business bills, got a, a relief package. Yeah,
6: so, yeah, I, like, I know. Yeah, so, I know so, so,
10: so, I, 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 so, so, Vanessa, let me finish. Let me finish. So, what I'm saying is, is that we're going to hurt the vast majority in order for us to try to protect against the few bad apples out there. People are going to always do bad things. That's just human nature. But I don't know if you, and look, I agree with you, there should be something in place because there are people out there who are getting more from unemployment than they were if they were at work. But there are some of us out there who are in a situation where that unemployment benefit is a fraction of what they made prior to being unemployed. So I do think they need a better system. Let me swing around to you, Johnny, in the short time we have left in in this this, uh, set. Uh, Once again, when we talk about how the Republicans and the Democrats are looking at this, people are always looking at Democrats and saying, oh, you're always trying to give handouts to people. But the bottom line is, is that we talked about this on this show a thousand times in the past, how people railed against the stimulus package when President Obama was trying to fix the worst financial crisis in this country's history, damn near. But then you saw Republicans standing there with the big check posing acting as if they had something to do with the stimulus money that this community was getting. In the meantime, when they're back in their congressional offices, they're writing and voting against it. Talk about hypocrisy at the highest level. But give me your final thoughts on this segment.
1: All right. Real quickly, let's let's go back to, to March of, of 2020 when the CARES Act was signed into in – uh, law uh, because of the pandemic. There's no one who could have ever envisioned that we would be living in these times, not only politically, but then just to think of your the public health, uh, you know, that's being jeopardized every day. The CARES Act on estimate is costing about $19 billion a week to actually fund it. And certainly, I'm one who believes that that is necessary. When you look at the, the, the dollar amount, $600 a week equates to $15 an hour, okay? That's what most states are trying to get as the minimum wage, all right? So we're not talking about a, 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 a slew of money. Now, if you reduce it to $200, which is what the Republicans are, are, are advocating, that comes down to five dollars an hour, okay? So let's base it off of that right there. Let's not talk about who's at home and who's not at home, because the reality of it is that the unemployment rate, remember, was down to nearly four percent. So that means that the American people were out there working, all right? Now you will always have those who are going to try to exploit the system. I think with the with the with the abruptness of of, of disseminating the funds, which I I don't disagree with that. What you had is you had a great disparity. Now I've got I've, I've, I've got a, a, a young family member who had a, a job. Uh I can hear. Me? Did we hear you? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So you know my, 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 my family member was was working just simply just to, to to have whatever money they needed to to store for their their soon to be uh, college. Okay, which is really my daughter. Now, to, to give her $600 a, 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 a week is something that, you know, we, we both sat back and, uh, well, my whole family was like, okay, now that's unnecessary. So now I want to go back to, to, to action and advocacy because what I don't want to get lost in this whole scenario is what the serious eye brings, not only information but action. And I want to make sure that we don't discount the fact that, that what Les said that he's doing for two people that's in his neighborhood where he's paying their, their 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 mortgages. So don't forget that. So there's people out there still doing some great work. And what we've decided is that because there's no need for that for for, for her to have that money, we have actually repurposed the money to go into a scholarship fund for individuals who may not be able to pay. Because again, the, you know that 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 was. Part of the cares that I get it, I got it. It's great, but if they had had time to repurpose the money, I think it would have been done adequately. But again, you're only talking about fifteen dollars an hour when you base it off of that versus what the Republicans are saying uh, in regards to five dollars an hour if you drop it down to two hundred dollars. Now, the things that you got to understand is when this when this happened on July 31st. Now you got to think about those those collateral. Um, Bills and responsibility. Yes, you still got some mortgage protection act. And what I hope Jay is that we we can talk further um, in regards to forbearance. Uh, it, it's a lot of folks out there that may not understand that there's ability to protect your mortgage with forbearance. And probably more so uh, African Americans, this information may not have been uh, put out there. But if you apply for forbearance. And I think when I I did some reading earlier this week, it was only 30% of the individuals who had actually submitted applications. It will protect your mortgage in your home until the the, the the state of emergency is over with and or December 31st of 2020. So people need to be educated on that. And basically, again, what it does is just temporarily suspend the, the, the pay or you pay a reduced amount. You got to think about the electricity. You got to think about water. You got to just think about utilities that people are now going to be forced to pay. And and, and certainly the eviction for renters. And what you're looking at is a higher percentage of African Americans will, will, will be impacted by renters on some information that I saw this morning on CNN. They were saying 40% of African Americans, 22%. Now I don't know where they collected the data or how they collected the data, but we all understand that there's a socioeconomic uh, difference in regards to the wealth gap in America. So that certainly sounds true. Um, you know, July 31st just really depicted a, a bad day in this whole nightmare of this this this, this, this reprobate. And this criminal that we have in Washington that's posing as, as a leader, and I'll be I'll, I'm looking forward to the segment where we talk about the real president of the United States.
10: Mm, interesting, good stuff. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two, which is the perfect way into this week's edition of Informant. So it's the last something that you need to know. Uh, you know, obviously, this past week uh, we remembered the life of civil rights icon John Lewis, and as we mentioned at the top. There were a lot of people that spoke at that funeral. We're going to talk about one person here later on in the show. However, the day of his funeral, an op was published in the New York uh, Times and the Washington Post that John Lewis wanted for all of us to hear. And yet, he gave us our marching orders before he left this earth. What a tribute by a great man. So in this week's edition I'm of Informative Select, something that you need to know. We're going to listen to the words of John Lewis on the day that he was buried. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side of the J. Ryle Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best.
13: While my time here has now come to an end, I want you to know that in the last days and hours of my life, you inspired me. You filled me with hope about the next chapter of the great American story, when you used your power to make a difference in our society. Millions of people motivated simply by human compassion laid down the burdens of division. Around the country and the world, you set aside race, class, age, language, and nationality to demand respect for human dignity. That is why I had to visit Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, though I was admitted to the hospital the following day. I just had to see and feel it for myself that, after many years of silent witness, the truth is still marching on. Emmett Till was my George Floyd. He was my Rayshard Brooks, Sandra Bland, and Breonna Taylor. He was 14 when he was killed, and I was only 15 years old at the time. I will never ever forget the moment when it became so clear that he could easily have been me. In those days, Fear constrained us like an imaginary prison, and troubling thoughts of potential brutality committed for no understandable reason were the bars. Though I was surrounded by two loving parents, plenty of brothers, sisters, and cousins, their love could not protect me from the unholy oppression waiting just outside that family circle. Unchecked, unrestrained, violent, and government-sanctioned terror, had the power to turn a simple stroll to the store for some Skittles, or an innocent morning jog down a lonesome country road into a nightmare. If we are to survive as one unified nation, we must discover what so readily takes root in our hearts that could rob Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina of her brightest and best. Mow down unwitting pedestrians on the Las Vegas Boulevard and choke to death the hopes and dreams of a gifted violinist like Elijah McClain. Like so many young people today, I was searching for a way out, or some might say a way in. And then I heard the voice of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on an old radio. He was talking about the philosophy and discipline of nonviolence, that we are all complicit when we tolerate injustice. He said it is not enough to say it will get better by and by. He said, each of us has a moral obligation to stand up, speak up, and speak out. When you see something that is not right, you must say something. You must do something. Democracy is not a state. It is an act, and each generation must do its part to help build what we call the beloved community, a nation and world society at peace with itself. Ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America by getting in what I call good trouble, necessary trouble. Voting and participating in the democratic process are key. The vote is the most powerful nonviolent change agent you have in a democratic society. You must use it because it is not guaranteed. You can lose it. You must also study and learn the lessons of history because humanity has been involved in this soul-wrenching, existential struggle for a very long time. People on every continent have stood in your shoes though decades and centuries before you. The truth does not change, and that is why the answers worked out long ago can help you find solutions to the challenges of our time. Continue to build union between movements stretching across the globe, because we must put away our willingness to profit from the exploitation of others. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence, is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn. To let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last, and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. 347-850-1272.
10: Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the T. J. R. S. Radio Network online radio at its best. Very powerful words from an extraordinary man. A life well lived. We'll talk more about John Lewis in the third and final set. Uh, the chat room is open. You can be a part of it. Read. put your comments there. If they're good comments, we'll read them during the chatterbox section of the show. Or you can uh, place your comments on the social media sites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. It's time for the topic for the second set.
2: What do you all think of Harris as his possible running mate? Before I get to Eager Beaver over here, who's just dying, (laughs) salivating to (laughs) talk about the possible VP pick. Uh, What do you think, Erica? Who do you think the VP, VP pick will be?
3: Well, let me just start with,
2: isn't this such a Joe Biden thing to do? Like, we find out if Kamala really is his VP pick through a piece of paper that he happens to be holding. That's like so classic Joe Biden. I <laughs> said from the beginning that... It's very. Um, But, you know, I've said from the beginning that I think Kamala would be a great VP candidate for Joe Biden. Um, Obviously, they agree on some fundamental issues, but they represent a spectrum that needs to be represented in all of its intricacies.
10: It's the talk of the town who's going to be the second tier if VP Biden becomes President Biden. And so now uh, we're going to jump into fray like everyone else. Let me start off with you, Vanessa. Vanessa, isn't it such a Joe Biden thing to do, where the cameras caught notes saying, "Hey, this is a person. She's strong. She's intelligent. She she doesn't hold any grudges. We campaign with her." So is it a shoo-in that Senator Harris will be the next Vice President of the United States, or at least the nominee, and possibly the very first? not only woman, but African-American woman to become VP of this great nation of ours.
6: Okay, so this same topic was on Al the show this morning on 102. And so people mm-hmm. were calling in about her, and it was hilarious. But I personally, and I always have said this, I don't want Kamala Harris to be vice president of the United States. I want her to be the attorney general taking a bar's place for the United States. But whoever he chooses, I'm going to vote for that person. And I, and the word is on the grapevine on Facebook, on Joy's page, and the other page, Homo page, and everybody else's, is that he dropped that on a piece of paper like that for the media to actually get it so that they can talk about it, so that he can hear what people thought about Kamala Harris being his VP. People think he did it in Intentionally, so that they can track what people think about Kamala Harris being his VP. Now, that's
10: the word on the street on on social media. You really truly think that he? Uh, hmm, that's interesting, Johnny D. What about you, man? You, you think that Joe Biden was well enough and savvy enough to say, "Hey, let me write her name on the top of these notes, and hopefully a camera will pick it up, and uh, we just want to see what's going on." I mean, I mean, listen, well, maybe on, he say, did.
6: Let me but say this. Well, but look at who this campaign person is. This campaign person is that social that be Beyoncé is. So, yes, she is fabulous enough to do that.
10: Mm, interesting. All right, Johnny D., floor is yours. What do you think, man? You think that, uh, you know, the VP, former VP, set that up just to get, uh, just to see what the people thought of uh, Senator Harris, or do you think that, uh, you know, he is seriously considering her as the one, or is she the one based on the fact that the notes were, it outlined and addressed all the things and issues that people thought that they would have if she would become, if she were to become the VP, pick for the vice president. What say you?
1: Yeah. Well, let, let, let's just be honest. Uh, I, I think Joe Biden has certainly benefited um, from a political standpoint based off of the the news coverage being shifted heavily towards, you know, this, this health threat and concern, yeah. which is rightly so, you know, uh, COVID. So the less he has to speak, the less he has to be out in front of the cameras live, probably the better served he has been. So do I think it was intentional? Certainly not. Uh, I, I think that, that note was written based off of uh, you know, just a, a, a intuitive uh, group of media professionals that saw an opportunity to to eavesdrop in on his notes and they took advantage of it. Uh, clearly, you can look at it as as a means to set back and mitigate uh, what happened during the the, um, the uh, Democratic uh, primaries. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, even all the media sources says that she is a, a a one that's being strongly considered along with Elizabeth Warren and someone that I'm hearing recently now, um, Congressman Karen Bass, uh, his name is being thrown out there. And uh, mm-hmm. I can say I'm, I'm, I'm still riding hard with Susan Rice. I just think that she's day one ready and as I said on many occasions I think uh, whomever the, uh, the, 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 the vice president is is going to have to be one that's going to mend and foster relationships. And Susan Rice doesn't need any introduction to those world leaders in the world stage. Uh, Her work has been vast in national security, and certainly I think she is the only one that, that is day one ready.
10: Hmm. That's interesting because she's, you know, you're right. She's had, she's been on the stage, on the world stage. Leaders know who she is. Uh, she has a very presidential R about her, and uh, I agree with you. Mr. L.S., what do you think, man? Do you think that, uh, you think it's a shoo-in? I mean, because he said he would do it next week, he would pick the person next week. Now there are reports saying that. Uh, it's going to be within the next two weeks. And and maybe it's because of the fact that he's hearing from people saying, hey, maybe you should pick this senator, maybe you should pick that senator. Who do you think is going to be the one? Do you think that the notes all but concealed what a lot of people already thought that uh, Kamala Harris would be the vice presidential pick for, or the running mate for the former VP?
0: Well, you know something, Joe Biden has always made a lot of gas, man. So, wow, is this Mm -hmm. another one? You know, I. I, man. But isn't it a gaffe,
10: Mr. Elliott? I mean, come on. I mean, isn't I is it a gaffe? It's his note. He had have him in his hand. hand. I mean, I don't know Why,
0: what he that note? Do you do? why would he have that note? Why would he have that note in his hand, though? Why? Was, because it was, he had right just spoke. Okay. He, he was about spoke, to so speak. I mean, have... okay, why Notice would you salience. have a note in your hand talking about that? Come well, on,
10: man. What I, I what is, don't know. I, I You know, listen, this? people.
0: You, you're giving a speech. Why are you gonna put that out there like that? Come on. Well, he didn't. Put, that? Listen.
10: Hold on, Misselia. So hold on now. Wait a minute. He didn't put anything out there. Matter of fact, I'll go after I saw this. I went back and I said, let me go back and see how many times Joe Biden has had notes out. And I've gone back and looked at about a dozen of his speeches. And he uses this paper, this note paper that has his name at the top. I saw the exact mm-hmm. same type of memo paper when he received the Presidential Freedom Award from Bobby. President Obama as one of the president's last acts. So, you know, to me, it's not a gaffe because, good gracious, I mean, he's old school, man. Yeah. He's not like any of us. I mean, I
0: write stuff I, down. I did that. But why would you have that at the top of your notes? The very top. What is that?
9: Mr. Elias,
0: what if, but hold on, man. You can. Why would you question what a person writes down on notes? I mean, you keep your notes the way you keep your notes. How is that wrong? I know, but that's the very first. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it could be a gap. It could be, you know, something entirely different, man. That was the first thing. If you notice, it was the first lines up there on there. I'm like, if you're giving a speech, usually your speech is, you know, usually pop, 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 and you, you're, you're, you're not, that ain't the first thing up on there. You're talking about all your your bullet points. So usually if you're going to be giving a point. You're and that's what point. those were. I think that's what those
10: were. I don't think his speech was written down. I mean, it's like, when I, you know, when I used to give training classes, I used to always have my, when I was standing at the lecture, I always had my notebook open. And I always highlighted things that I knew if I wanted into this Subject matter, Vanessa, that I said, okay, if I wanted to the subject matter, here are some things that I need to make sure I remember to say. Now, I have some things Thank that are in, in my mind on the top of my head, but here some other things that I may want to point out depending on where the question goes or depending on where the topic goes. So it looked
12: he to me. Well,
0: lo- it so looked to that, me. Was that going through? What, Elias? Was that. Uh-huh. Was going towards that? Was the was, was the conversation? Because he said he wasn't going to announce who the VP was until uh, a week or two later down the road. So was the
10: conversation well, I, going there? I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know why he had the notes, man. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a gas by the man. I, I mean, he didn't you know, even talk with, about her. But it doesn't matter. There are a lot of things when you go into a listen, when I used to give classes and I speak at places, you know, and maybe Johnny D can attest this, you have you know, it's just like when the White House briefer when the White House press secretary goes to the to, to the to the lecture for briefings. She studies on well, normal. Uh, White House
9: press secretary <laughs>
13: they
10: they they, they study potential topics that may come up during the briefing. There are things that they have notes in their binders that no one may never ever ask them but you have the notes ready at your ready just in case they ask these questions. There have been plenty of notes that I've written down that I never mentioned in a meeting or a training class because the topic never came up or, you know, maybe time prevented, prevented me from getting to the, those particular subject matters. But I think that we're wrong if we're saying to, to Joe, but Joe Biden, he made a mistake, you know, that, listen, man, I mean, how personal can it get? There were notes in his, in his suit jacket and the camera beamed in and saw it.
6: I'm telling you that his staff is
10: not going to let that happen. I'm telling you, Jay, it's just But, 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 but
6: Vanessa, I, I don't, didn't.
10: I don't think so, Vanessa. I don't think Vanessa. Let me tell you something. I went back and watched speeches. He always has. It's a little white, long white Where rectangular paper. Has that? Well, not not everybody, oh, but I'm just saying he he's been he using this no. for years. So I, I just don't think that he. Well, listen. I mean, you know, we can agree to disagree. I just well, don't so think that the vice has president
6: have a piece of paper that said, "Don't hold a grudge. Don't. Uh, she, we get along. We got ideas to say. Who holds a piece of paper about something he's not even gonna discuss? Jay, that's Vanessa. A did you see the rest? V- like v- Vanessa, that, that's not true.
10: That's just not okay. true. I mean, it's not. Okay. It's not true. They're, they're 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 talking points. They're they're bullet comments. So if they, and I'm not I saying this was the reason why he had it. He could have had that. You know, he has all types of events during the course of the day. Maybe he had that. Had those notes to talk about something else. I have no idea why that was there. But I think for us to say that he did this on purpose or it's a gaffe, I just think it's, you know I just disagree with that assessment. I do. I just think that it's. You know, we're, you we're, we're beating him up over something that he shouldn't be beating up over.
12: Jay, 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 Jay.
1: Go ahead, John. Yeah. No, I mean, Miss Vanessa was saying something.
10: Yeah,
6: she was asked, breaking up, up there. What did you say, Vanessa? Hey, I asked you, huh? did you think it was a mistake, or why do you think he had it? Clearly. Well,
10: I just said it. I think that, I I, I just think that when you go into, you know, situations and briefings and things of that nature, you just have to have notes. There are a lot of things that I write down now because my mind is just not where it was, you know, and I'm only in my 50s. This guy is damn near 80. So I write things down to remind (laughs) me of different things I need to talk about. Even when I do the show, you should watch. I have notes all over the place because if we're going to talk about a particular topic, Depending on where the conversation goes, these are things that I researched and said, okay, let me be prepared to throw this in the mix to give it a different perspective. So all I'm saying is, is that, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that noise is. I, I don't know why, I wouldn't say it was a gap, I wouldn't say that he did that intentionally, because, listen, he can go and find that information on the internet. His staff can go... Trust me, people have done a lot of research, have done a lot of vetting. You can watch any show, which you should know this, they're talking about this 24/7. So, he he really wants to know what the people think, or uh, what the people, or how the people feel about a potential potential uh, pick. He can find that information anywhere. Johnny, what were you what were you about to say?
1: Jay, this is what I was going to say. It it it, it appears that uh it is it, 2 Now, now you and I are on the same mindset that I don't think that it was intentional. I, I think that it, it was a a, a a reflection of a what if question that may come up. So you and I are in line. I think uh, Les and Miss Vanessa are in line. So perhaps what we need to do, since we don't have a, a, a fifth and presiding vote, is, is 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 let the listeners determine: uh, do they think that it was a a a a, a, a gap or? or was it, you know, what what was it intentionally a mistake? Again, when I say it, it was intentional, I'm not saying that he did it deliberately. What I'm saying is that, you know, that those notes were for a purpose, and he didn't intend for the media to see it.
12: Yeah,
10: I just don't think he did. I don't think he did. But but here's the bigger picture on this. Um, a lot of people, when they did a poll, Mr. Deliaz they said that the poll indicated that people wanted Elizabeth Warren to be the pick because they felt, now check this out, they felt that she was more in tune with policies that dealt with African Americans than the African American women that were on the short list to become (laughs) VPs. And polls are saying that in the beginning at least, I haven't seen what, what the polls have said here recently, but in the beginning the polls were like, hey, pick Elizabeth Warren because of her policies, uh, for progressive change and for policies towards African Americans, what say you?
0: Well, you know what, man. <laughs> come on, brother. What? What? Where are you? Okay, are you going where? How can a white person know
10: more about policies for black people than black folks? Is that where you going with this?
0: Yes, 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 well yes. That's unfair, David. That, how? How's it unfair? Do you know what it's like to be black? You know what it's like to be in my shoes? Yeah, but, okay but, Okay, right. so why did people So why did
10: people Okay, so why did most Democrats poll picked her Why did, if that's the case Who Why didn't, won? you know Cory Booker's campaign won? never got any ground uh, Kamala Harris's campaign never got any ground So gained any ground So why would people think She and Elizabeth would Warren be a her, better and person Warren,
0: And Elizabeth Warren lost in her own state so what's your point? Well, that's
10: true. That's true. I'll give you that. I will give you that. So but why would point? people pick her then? My point is okay. So if that's the case, who why would people pick her over the other ladies out there? Did they poll? Huh?
0: Did they poll black folks? Did they poll black folks?
10: Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if they you if go. they poll Democrats, you would have to assume that the majority of them were African American. But I, I mean, I can't tell you that.
0: I don't know. No, you know, it all depends on who you poll. You can make a poll say anything you want it to say. It all depends on who you poll. Well, I'm not gonna. I, okay, no. well, okay, no, well, I'm okay, well, let, well, let's take a poll right
10: here. Let's take a poll with us. So, so is everyone on this show saying that you know only a black person can write policies that I'm are not, beneficial for African Americans?
0: I would. I would but, No, let's ask. Let, let's rephrase the question. How many of okay, us believe it. that a black person would know what's more beneficial to a black person than a white person?
10: That, but that wasn't the original question, though. The original question was policy.
0: Okay. The policy would be beneficial to black folks. Well, okay. So then, are why are
10: we rephrasing the question? And the black question people? is the same. So, okay. do you think a white okay. person, do you think a white person, do you think a black person is is better suited to write policies to affect African Americans than, than than a white person? Right? I mean, but go back and look at some of the greatest legislation that's ever been signed. True enough, it was back in a day when black folks didn't have a seat at the table, but nevertheless, Lyndon Mays Johnson signed some very important
12: things. Yeah.
0: They were pushed by black folks to make him. But if they wouldn't have been pushed by black folks to make Lyndon Johnson sign those those bills, guess what happened? He wouldn't have had, have signed them. He would have been stopped on and everything else done. Come on, stop. Well,
10: well I think they yeah. well I think they fell it well, I think Miss they fell into what people have fallen to what we're witnessing right now with George Floyd. You know, the bottom line is when people saw what happened to George Floyd, it just initiated something It made the inner no. good for a lot no. of Americans said, no. Wait a minute. Yeah it is Can think about it. No all that stuff no. took That's place exactly. when they saw he Bloody Sunday in, cop, in Alabama. When they saw those cops turn those hoses, and beat those kids and beat all those people. That's when America was like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on in the South? Because before,
0: and no one Johnson really and saw, saw it play policy. out. Linda what? Lyndon Johnson changed policy until King came to him. Martin Luther King came okay, to Arizona but that happened. Okay. I'm not going to argue Okay. Otherwise, right, you fine. think he would have changed the policy? Come on. I don't know if it had changed or not.
10: I still think that when, when they witnessed what happened on television, historians even talk about this, how all of a sudden civil rights uh, uh, policies and, and things started moving after America saw what happened. That's why people are holding John Lewis in such high regards today that he was one of the first people who encountered police on that bridge that day. And when the nation saw that, because there, you know, listen, I'm a history buff. I remember when it, uh, I, I, was watch, I watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot of things on the Kennedy administration. And when this thing played out on television, you know, Robert Kennedy, who was the attorney general at the time, went into his brother, we got to do something about this. This is, this is crazy. So I think that the media played a role in that, played a role in getting this thing going. Because when people see this stuff, it's a whole different ball game. I think most people are good, Johnny, in their depth, but you know the bottom line is when it's exposed for what it is, then all of a sudden people say, "Wait a minute, the better angels emerge. You know, we just can't see other human beings being treated like this.
1: I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in the same line, and that that less is in. I, I, I do not think that the individuals who are not of the same socioeconomic uh, background, uh, you know, racial makeup can write policies better than those individuals who are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. Now, certainly, you know, you you make a valid point, Jay, when you say Lyndon B. Johnson, but the reality of it is, is that we're, we're talking about a pioneer today in in you know, Congressman John Lewis, who was in the fight struggling, those individuals dictated through their through their life's work and their sacrifice and, and 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 shaped policy through the suffrage. And now it was easy for him to lend his name to the signature, but certainly in the wee hours of the morning, he wasn't the one that was sitting up there saying, okay, what would be best suited for these individuals here it's just like you know you you think back when 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 we were both serving and you being a a a supervisor uh or or an nco in the military you can't tell the soldiers what's best for them unless you get the message from the soldiers. you as an nco wouldn't be able to do so if you hadn't served as a soldier right
10: well, that's true. I mean, listen, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the reality of it is that, yeah, he might have lent his signature to it, but you got to get it from the people in regards to the day-to-day grind. What am I going through and what would be best beneficial to me? So, there's, I mean, we can't write policies for Caucasian people because we don't know their experiences. So, I mean, now we can sign on and we can endorse it and we can support it. But to step back and think that we can tell you, okay, how do you make your quality of life better? You got to know the intricacies of what I'm dealing with and the struggles. And the only people who can truly do that is the people who are dealing with it. So I oh, mean, wow. in essence, like I say, hey, I'm 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 right with left, locking arms on this one right here. There's no way wow. that a white well, have have have, have better understanding of the struggles of African Americans because she's not African American. It's like now, about I didn't two see weeks that. ago. I, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, what, what I'm saying is that policy. What I'm saying is policies, okay? I'm saying policies. Now let's not be deceived because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Now, as as as, and, and again, I, I I'm not committal to to Joe Biden having to select an African American female, although I think we got great political capital here, so we need uh, to take advantage of it as a as a people. But the truth of the matter okay. is is that in this particular vote right here, okay? We got to understand that the demographics will be as such. Who was the poll based off of? If you say the Democratic Party, then you look at the large demographics of the Democratic Party, who makes up that? Caucasian females, okay? Now, would it be a motivation for them to start putting that message out there to say, okay, Elizabeth Warren has better understand the African American issues? Why? So that he may select a Caucasian female. So let's just be real to the
10: facts. Oh, even hold on. Now. I don't know if I agree with those numbers, but okay, I'll give you that. All right, Vanessa, give us take us out of this set, get You you got the last word, sweetie. We got it, we got it. we got somebody else there. Uh,
6: okay, real quick. I, I you know what? I ha- if you're not black, you can't tell me how it is to be black. Um, that's where I am with
10: that. Oh wow. Mm sweet and, and, and straight to the point. All right. So there's someone else that Mr. Elias is referring to as the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree. He is here. We have to get the break. You will hear from that man. First thing on the other side, you listen to the serious side. My goodness, what a show. My goodness, what a show. All right. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. It's a Sunday morning. It's uh, the first show in August. And I tell you what, man, we're less than 100 days from the election. Can't wait to talk to you on the other side. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. We'll be right back after this, Dr. Bonnie Werner.
1: Never forget them, nor the last time we saw them. They've slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God.
4: Those who are lost now, their legacy must be our lives.
1: Thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers. We dominate the streets. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate.
13: It's time to pick up our heads. Remember who we are. This is the United States of America.
3: Trump is signaling interest in extending some type of weekly economic lifeline to help millions of unemployed Americans. The softening of the White House and Republican positions follows weeks of opposition to offering what they described as a reward for people not to work. And as negotiations resume today on another coronavirus release package, the movement comes as Congress allowed the program that provides a $600 weekly supplement to unemployment benefits to expire overnight. Okay, so everyone wants to know, who is
2: Joe Biden? going to pick to be his running mate. I know this is something that Tori stews on over what? and over. Yep. Mm-hmm. There she is, of course. Uh, Biden was photographed yesterday. Look at those notes. Can you see with a magnifying glass? Don't worry, we did the work for you. So they're handwritten notes with Senator Kamala Harris's name at the top. Yep. The notes had some talking points, including do not hold grudges, campaigned with me and Jill, and great respect for her.
10: Back in three, four, seven, eight, five, zero, one, two, seven, two. If you're just tuning in, those are the topics that we've talked about so far. But that's okay. We still have about, eh, about ninety minutes to show. Well, not ninety. about fifty minutes of show left. We appreciate you hanging out with us. But as we always do at this time of the show, we say good morning to the folks who makes it possible for you to sit down and be entertained. Are you not entertained? On a beautiful Sunday morning, let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa.
6: Good
10: morning, everybody, and this is a good show this morning, I tell you. Don't let him get that. He not let him get thing. <laughs> that's, that's Johnny D being dad. Don't let him get that. Speaking of Johnny D, the most educated brother in the world, there he is, uh, the one and only Johnny D in the place to be. Johnny D, man, don't let him get that. Don't let him get that, Johnny. <laughs> hey, my apologies. <laughs> Definitely, but good morning <laughs> to you.
1: Good morning. <laughs>
10: Hey man, you're you're multitasking. Okay, you're multitasking. All right, and the man who uh, before the break, uh, Mr. Elias mentioned his presence. And when he's in the room, he's so cool; the temperature goes down about twenty degrees. The one and only Mister Jerome is free, and the place to be, man. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. (laughs) And, of course, gonna give hey, the Vanessa. first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, man. What's up?
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Hawk. And mwah. good morning, Vanessa. And, good morning to all the co-hosts here. All right. Don't kiss me.
10: All right, Mr. L. S., man. Anyone
0: in the chat room <laughs> we can say hello to? <laughs> nice. You know what? I'm gonna tell a story after this when we go to the last uh, class call. But anyway, yeah, we can say we can say hello to uh, Karina Man, Rich Sister. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good morning, Rich Sister. Hey Jackie and Easy and Easy uh, Easy's Evie, racist ass is in there. Also, that song "Mariana Music" was the most by Avery Sunshine
10: beautiful song. I hadn't heard that song in a long time. One of my favorites. Thank you for uh, making that on a playlist this morning, Mr. Elias. What's up to the pastor? He's in the house. We have a guy by the name of Patrick uh, from Denton, Texas. What's going on, Pat? Chris is in the house. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Deshaun. Oh, man, that's a cool name. Common name nowadays. Just think, 20 years ago we would have never said that about Deshaun. But uh, here's a Deshaun. What's up, Deshaun? How you doing? Uh, Felicia Alice. Uh, just so many names. I'm trying to stroll through in the limited time that I have, but let me just say good morning to everyone, and we're glad that you're joining us, as always, here on the serious side. The number is 347 1272 Now, before we get into the final topic, let's reach out to the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and see if he has any comments he wants to make on that last segment before we get into the final segment of the morning. Jerome, anything you want to add to the conversation? Man, I don't know how long you were here. Uh, anything you want to add to that topic, or or
14: should we just move on? Well, you know, I, I just heard the, the um, towards the end of the conversation where you were asking about, um, I, I guess it was hair come out. You, you were asking the question did, I guess, does the person have to be black to understand black people's issues? I think that was that. Yeah, it? Well, the, well, no, that, that,
10: that, see, they, they turned it into that. That's not what I said. What I said uh, I was had... the poll. there were polls that were saying that Elizabeth Warren was the best person, not only from a progressive policy standpoint, but for policies for African Americans. And then that's how that conversation got going.
14: Yeah, well, I have to say this about that. In comparison to who, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you start talking about policies that affect black people in particular – um, you're talking about It's relative So if you have four white guys there And all of them have policies You're going to pick the best one And if hers is the best um, It just it may not even mean that it's even any good for us Right True. And so we know that she didn't have a lot of black people In her campaign that she was consulting We know that Bernie Sanders Didn't even have anybody at the upper levels Of the campaign There's no black people driving their campaigns At all So For us to have some confidence that you're looking out Because through your consultants You figure that black people would be Better off is kind of Crazy to me so We as a community I thought one thing that We would learn out of this moment in time You know the whole You know George um, Floyd Situation Black Lives Matter From Quaker Oak changing You know Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima I think one thing that we need to learn Is that we need to push The envelope Corporate even got the message That black people need to be consulted On what's going on with black people That they don't know Because that's what white supremacy is White supremacy is that A a part of that is that We get to determine If you don't integrate into what we think Is right all right in the world Then technically y'all wrong So how come a white person Can't decide what's going on with black people Because we should be able to Culturally We don't even understand you but we should be able to make that decision. So at least corporate is getting it and saying, you know what, we don't get this. The NBA got it. Say, so said, look, Black Lives Matter players get to decide. Like, everybody corporate-wise is now understanding that those white folks that are sitting in a corner, whether they're male or female, cannot make the determination because they cannot look through a lens that gives them a good enough perspective to know what is actually a, a cultural issue that they can't even relate to. Right? So every time we would have something going on, they've some white person ask a black person, explain to me why y'all think y'all being discriminated against. Well, that's not a good enough reason, right? We always have to compare to their understanding of what they know to make determinations about us. Corporate is getting away from that. So you think that we should now, as a regular society, be okay with saying, oh, no, we can have a VP that understands black people. We can go back to that. We ain't going back to that. So, you know, whether it's Elizabeth Warren, which I think it should not, that would be a horrible choice. Um, I think Tammy Duckworth would be a horrible choice because what you're telling us is that, oh, another person of color is a substitute for black people. Black people are getting killed at a, at a rate that other people don't get killed. So if you don't have a perspective, and I and I'm saying this professionally because I've run a lot of campaigns where – if I am sitting at, at the senior advisor side, like directing campaign, I can tell you whether they're Democrat or Republican, and especially Republican, it the the perspective is so doggone narrow that I have said in meetings, I apparently sit on the only side of the room that has any light shining on it. I've said that to stuff that didn't even involve black people, because... Mm-hmm. Because they can't bend their minds about, around anything that's not culturally significant to them. Even if it comes yeah. to something really simplistic, like this whole conversation about, um, about unemployment, like people don't work if they get 200 extra dollars. They ain't going to want to work. That's a racist trope that even happened during the Reagan time, that people are lazy. And people still keep that in their minds. They don't realize that extra six hundred dollars is out there because they because people aren't working, people aren't shopping, people aren't buying stuff that they don't have to do as necessity. So you needed to put an extra couple hundred dollars into the system so that our economy wouldn't tank. That's where that money was going. But Republicans are cleverly shifting that back to making it about being lazy, and people are falling for that nonsense. So we have to be smarter. So. Again, so when we talk about the VP stuff, um, you know, Kamala Harris, she should be automatically disqualified. Like, we cannot keep getting put back into, a, into the conforming. And I don't think anybody's really buying that. And, and fortunately wow. enough, I think Joe Biden is the only person like, that was running on the Democratic side that we could have actually got some kind of balance in. Because yeah, minimally,
12: yeah.
14: he has sat around a black man for eight years, and he saw how differently black people think. And if, if somebody actually understands that, he would be, not not Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and they don't have many black people around it.
10: That's true. I got to step in, Jerome, because well, we are way over, so uh, we're going to have to push some stuff. We're going to read readjust some readjustment stuff, cause I definitely want to make sure we spend enough time on this next next topic because of the importance of it.
7: It was wall-to-wall network TV coverage for the funeral of the civil rights legend. Let's pause now for a moment of silence. CBS, ABC, and NBC broke into regular daytime programming to carry the funeral without commercial break for more than three hours. It was a service filled with quiet poignancy, a tolling of bells, 80 for each year of his event-filled life and rousing music.
11: Only all, you do, and
7: all mourners were required to wear masks, some emblazoned with John Lewis's famous phrase, good trouble. Social distancing was also maintained. Three former presidents were there, but not President Trump. Who spent the day at the White House, Presidents Bush and Clinton gave touching tributes.
4: When he could have been angry and determined to cancel his adversaries, he tried to get converts instead. He thought the open hand was better than the clenched fist.
1: Listen, John and I had our disagreements, of course.
4: But in the America John Lewis fought for, and the America
1: I believe in, differences of opinion are inevitable elements and evidence of democracy in action.
7: And President Obama gave a powerful eulogy, at one point denouncing his successor.
9: Even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election.
7: A fitting send-off for a great American.
10: that uh, his funeral John Lewis's funeral capped off a week of celebration for this civil rights icon and like the piece said basically a lot you know a lot of people stepped up and said some wonderful things about the congressman but it was the words of President Barack Obama who has everyone kind of excited and giddy and so now people are saying the 2020 campaign season has officially kicked off because now we're seeing more of the forty-fourth president of the United States. Let, let me let me start this set off with you, John. Um, when we, you know, listen, I have to admit, every time I get the opportunity to listen to President Barack Obama talk, I do, and he did not disappoint. And actually, he came out swinging. So, you know, give me your assessment of his eulogy of the congressman, and if you have any words you want to add about the great John Lewis, uh, you know, feel free to do so.
1: I will say this here. Over the last two weeks, I have learned more about the works of Congressman John Lewis to be a great pioneer of the civil rights and human rights movement. Uh, I really did not understand how accomplished uh, the gentleman was. uh, And he was outside the realm of a typical politician. And honestly, uh, you know, God blessed us with allowing us to have a, a, a person who has was so young and yet so so vibrant and vigorous and so committed to serve for nearly fifty seven years or so, uh, if if you think about him being eighty and starting his 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 official movement at, at twenty three, although he was certainly well into the fight uh, before that, so just a a great uh, spokesperson for African Americans, but also for humanity. As far as President Obama, like I said, he is, you you know, he he dignifies what it is to be presidential. You know, it it used to be that you would sit back and you say, well, you know what, I I may not agree with this person's politics, but at least they are presidential. And now we don't see that uh, at all. So this is still the reigning president to me. Um, Like I say, that imposter that, that, that's in Washington now, that criminal that's in Washington now, I will be glad when this American nightmare is over with, um, but those are, you know, my words are few, again, it was great just seeing him scroll out there in his President Obama mannerisms uh, to the Diaz and to the pulpit, and like I said, just, just a great representation of, of, of a human being.
10: You're absolutely correct, man. You know, every time I see him with a shirt and tie, man, and a suit, I'm like, there he is. It's like it's this warmth, Vanessa, that there was a time where we had an American president who cared about a nation. You may not have agreed with his policies, I think George W. Bush said that best when he gave his remarks, saying, look, he and John uh, Lewis didn't agree on everything. But the one thing and the one common denominator that all these people have is, yeah, we may disagree on policies and procedures, but at the end of the day, we love this country, and we are, we the people uh, make up this great nation of ours. That's not what we have at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue at this point. And what's shocking, and I love how President Obama mentioned this during his eulogy, yeah, it's great for you to stand up and talk about how great he is, but these are the same people who are, you know, you know blocking legislation That the, rep- that the representative You know gave and shed blood for So what say you in regards to The events of the past week For John Lewis and the fact that we saw You know the forever president President Barack Obama give the eulogy And like John said man when he Strolled up just to look at the president there he is There he is what say you Vanessa Let
6: me say that Um Let me say that, um, you know, I I, I just was so glad to see a person that was presidential and could get up and make a complete sentence and not lean over to other people to uh, vouch for them. Well, can we do this? Can we do that? I mean, President Obama, not only is he something nice to look at, but he's so dignified. Oh, hush. He's good-looking, he's dignified, he's articulate, you know, and he speaks what he wants to say in such... He tells you to kiss his behind in such a manner that you don't even catch it until, like, 10 minutes later. It's like, did he just say blah, 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 blah? I mean, he's so dignified. But for president... No, let me, let me rephrase that. What you say, Johnny D, to so prevent criminal that I call 45. I don't call him president anything. I call him 45. 45 was out playing golf. And they made it a point to show this week while this stuff was going on that he was uh, playing golf. Uh, so, you know, I just, I just hope that somebody can step into uh, Lewis's shoes and, um, and and carry on what we've got going right now. This movement that we have right now that is so strong and powerful and people are listening um, and they're paying attention. And even in Portland where I disagree with all of this is going on in Portland is like, okay, y'all time out. We didn't protest it. But if you look at the people, they're white. 75% of them people in Portland that are protesting are white. I kept looking at it, trying to find some black people. So everybody is looking, they're paying attention. Do Good trouble is what he always says, and if I can get that on my Facebook page, Vanessa is doing good trouble, and I think we all should be trying to do that in his honor, in Jesus' name. Because that man was something. Amen. Else.
10: He was. What a man. What a man. And, and, and you know, and, and you know, one of the things that President Obama said, Mr Delia Stewart, his eulogy. Eulogy. He said, "Imagine that. He wasn't really no older than, you know, his oldest daughter." And this man said, "Hey, I have to stand up for something." Walking across the bridge, how many of us would just put on a trench coat, grab a backpack with a toothpaste and some in an apple? Because you know you're going to jail. You know you don't have the financial means of getting yourself bailed out. You don't know how that's going to happen. All you know is that you represent what's right and what the truth is, and how people should be, you know how people should be treated, and what the Constitution says. And you walk across this bridge and you see all these people standing there with dogs, hoses, you know, belly clubs, and you continue to walk, continue to stroll down there knowing that, you know, this may be your last day on earth. Knowing this, I mean, man, words can't explain the amount of gratitude we, we owe that man, not only him, but others who participated in the civil rights struggle, Mr.
0: Elias. Well, well, Jay, you know, we can't even get some people out to vote, Oh, so, you know, my God, man. You know, I always, I, I've always, said it and I will say it again and again and again. We owe John Lewis a great gratitude of debt, man. And, you know, how do you honor this man? You honor him by getting your, your, your yourself out and you vote. If you don't vote, you, 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 come on man You gotta get out and vote You gotta have a voice to get out and vote If you don't vote You don't honor this man How many of us at that age would have done that Jay I know I probably wouldn't have I, I, I'd and say at that age uh, Yeah I, I wouldn't be ready to die For something like that But at this age man Me and my brother were talking about it the other day If they stop us from voting by mail Would I go into a voting booth And vote with the coronavirus I'm ready to die for it, man. I am definitely ready to die for it because that's how important it is to me. So, you know, you got to stand up because, like Martin Luther King said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So I'm, I'm, I choose to stand up and vote, no matter what's going on. I'll go and voice my opinion because I'm telling everybody you got to vote. And if you don't if they won't allow you to vote by mail, because right now, what President Barack Obama said was right. They are stopping the mail system. That's why I couldn't believe I sent something to Jay and it took it usually takes 2 or 3 days to get to Houston from Indiana. No, it took like a week and a half to get there. So, and I sent something to my cousin who lives right next door to me in Wisconsin. I mean, I could get to her house in about an hour and a half, 2 hours at the most. It took almost 3 weeks for her to get her mail. So, when I'm telling you, they're playing games with the post office, and they're playing all these games to say that the mail is is what uh, whatever. Look, folks, they're doing this to stop you to vote. They're talking about the largest voter fraud, not everything in history. Prove it. Where's your proof at? There's there's no proof to prove any of this stuff. So how do you get out and vote? You honor John Lewis. You get, you go out and vote because we're standing on his back right now. What what's going on now? We're standing on his back, and if you don't stand, if you don't stand. You're gonna fall.
10: Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. Um uh, it is something that people take for granted. And the fact that, you know, during the twenty sixteen elections, I think we all know and we all – and, this, you know, Johnny, you said something earlier in the show, and that's why I said, well, I'm not sure when you talked about white women. You know, I mean, white women as far as um, uh, them being the most – and I don't know. Maybe you have the numbers to support it, so I'm not going to question that. I thought maybe African-American women were really the backbone of the Democratic Party. But we do know that the reason why Trump is in office now is because white women lied uh, during polling and the fact that African-Americans didn't show up. You know, it, it really bothered me when I heard people talking about how, well, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because he said something about the super predator comments and things of that nature. And I said, my goodness, look at what Donald Trump represents. And you're going to, you know, first of all, if you read the entirety of her comments, I think, you know, some could say that you can walk away with a different per- perception. But, you know, hey, it just depends on how you read it and how you interpret it. But come on, based on the guy that the other choice. And so people talking about what Trump is doing now as far as a lot of the ads and things that they're doing. They just released an ad in Spanish talking about how Joe Biden, Joe Biden is not going to pick a Hispanic VP because, you know, he, you know, trying to put Hispanics against blacks. First of all, it was poorly written. They had grammatical errors uh, in the damn thing. This is a nationally televised ad. And what they're saying is it's not – That he's doing these things to get Hispanics to vote for him what they're trying to do is keep people at home they want folks to be so disgruntled that they won't show up at the polling sites because they know a vote not placed is a vote for him and so you know when you think about the legacy of John Lewis and the things that he represented the fact the simple act of being able to vote Johnny D and for folks who don't take advantage of that You know, it's something, man, I shake my head every time when I talk to people who say, hey, I'm not going to vote because it'll make a difference anyway. What say you?
1: Jay, you articulated it well. I mean, you know, you you, you look at the many lives uh, that have been lost and those that will be gained by getting out there, exercising your rights. Uh, People have have died uh, literally so that we can have a voice and i'm not going to be one that's going to discourage others from exercising their right regardless of who and whom you vote for just get out there and 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 vote what's in your interest and the interest of your community um like i say it it is it is the one liberty um that that our civil rights persons fought for amongst many that uh we've got an opportunity to change the balance Of America and the quality of life of those individuals who are simply at this point in time being being on the outs of of mainstream America. So get out there and vote. You
10: know, Vanessa, one of the things that. President Obama talked about during his Eulogy of John Lewis He talked about the filibuster he, 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 he made it very A lot of people looked at it and said it was a very Political speech and I was thinking Pretty much the same thing I didn't have a problem With it but then he said something that Tied it all together he says listen I know I'm not supposed to be Talking about this but hey look Here the man that's laying right In front of me this is what he Spent his whole life fighting for
12: This, <laughs> is, the, this is
10: the Appropriate place to talk about this Because John Lewis would probably want him I'm knowing he would say yeah Get the message You have the nation's attention Make sure people understand how important this election is Now a lot of people said the election In 2008 was the most important election Of our lifetimes But now that you've had almost four years of Trump Would you reassess that And say this election Is the most important election of our lifetimes Lord
6: Jesus yes Absolutely Absolutely it is. <laughs> but not only is it important, wait a minute, I mean, I need these people to to listen. This man has went in this week and changed fair housing. So for you black people that are listening and y'all voted for Trump and y'all are going to continue to vote for Trump, guess what? Trump doesn't want your black behind living in white neighborhoods because this week he changed what Obama put in place to where black people cannot move into certain neighborhoods, like their own housing or they're getting cheap rent or something like that, you know, and, and it's not, I'm not saying anything about my neighborhood, but I'm just saying that sometimes people might not want certain characteristics of people in their neighborhood, but you can't go in and change it because you don't want black people to stay in a white neighborhood. I mean, in Houston, they don't have fun with that. So it is so important to go and vote and to vote blue. I don't care if you vote Republican the next time and don't have Biden in there. But this time, this time, this time, I need y'all to go and vote blue Democratic to get Trump out because Trump does not care anything about black people. And guess what, Hispanics, you still got children in cages. He don't care nothing about y'all either. So it's very important to go and vote. this term. vote Democratic. Just get him out. Y'all can go back and be a Republican black. I do Just get Trump out because Trump don't care. Nothing about you.
12: It well, It's saying. interesting
10: you say that. It's interesting you say that because, you know, you have, you know, the Lincoln Project. You have, you know, never Trump Republicans. A lot of Republicans. I don't think I've ever seen so many prominent people. Uh, uh, from one party switch to another party. This man has changed the dynamics of uh, the way we will look at the presidency from 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 this day forward. Now, and, and you know, and speaking of which, you know, we you know the coronavirus is out of control. You know, he has no plan for that. He hasn't talked about what he's going to do in his second term, has he? All he talks about yeah, is how the how the elections. Yeah, the election is rigged, and you know. Listen, first of all, let me say this. Um, thoughts and prayers to the family of Herman Cain. Uh You know, he passed away this past week uh, from the coronavirus, and a lot of people are saying, "Hey, look." And I and, and let me say this. I saw uh, I watch MSNBC a lot, and and uh, what's the what's the brother that used to be the chair of the uh, Richard Steele used to be the chair of the Republican Party, and he says, "Look, he was my buddy. I loved him to death, and I hate that he's gone." He said, "But you know, we can't fix stupid." You know we're telling everyone what's going to happen and you continue to put yourself in a situation so at the end of the day yeah. you make that choice think about it you attend a place folks who's listening to us and they say hey you don't need to worry about that you're completely safe it's a hoax It's just the other side trying to gym you up. Oh, by the way, just in case you get it, we need you to sign this waiver form so that way you won't sue us. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I mean, see, to to me, John, this is where, in my opinion, this is how people don't equate common sense to the things that they are looking at or the things that they're experiencing – when they deal with matters that are happening in this environment because under normal circumstances if someone says, hey, you can walk in that gas chamber, man, that gas not going to kill you. It's, it's a hoax. Nothing's going to happen. But hey, if you do walk in, we need you to say, hey, you're not going to sue us because we put you in this environment. I mean, would, that, would you actually? would you actually do that? And I think that's the thing. You know, you talk about people tell you to wear seatbelts. You wear seatbelts not because seatbelts are going to prevent you from dying in a car accident, but studies show that your chances of survival increases by wearing a seatbelt. But people are not arguing about that. But you have a president who has made it macho, macho man. If you have a mask on, you're a punk. And people are buying into this nonsense. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Call me a punk. I'm a punk. Call what you want.
10: <laughs> I'm
0: going have oh, yeah. my yeah. mask on, brother. I'm sorry. Call it what you will. Jay, can, can I say that.
6: one thing? Because I won't be in here much longer. Jay, can I say one thing, yep.
10: please?
0: Absolutely.
6: Okay. Guys, if he is not doing what is right by this pandemic because he thought it was a hoax or whatever, y'all wait until they can't figure out where that nest is for those murdering hornets that have hit the United States. And they found some in Washington that I posted on my page. The hornets, if y'all wanna check me by all means, Google the hornets that are killing the people in Africa. And now they've made it to the United States and they're in Washington. And they kind of figure out where the nest is before mating season. I've been following that since like, I would say March or April, about April. I've been following that. So guess what? Check what I'm saying. If he can't handle a pandemic, what do y'all think he's going to do about flying hornets that are murdering people? Check what I'm saying. He's not. Because he's an idiot. Because he doesn't know how to take care of anything. Because he is everything that his niece says that he is in that book. So I'm just saying. Well it's it's common knowledge you look at it. He he can't handle what's coming up.
10: Uh, well, you know, this exposed I think it's you know and it's, you know Johnny John, you say this all the time, I don't want to get your final comments here. You say this all the time about how sometimes you think we're being punished, God is punishing us for you know some of the some of the things and decisions that we've made and 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 it's just amazing to me how a man who stands up and says a whole lot about nothing conned American people to vote for him, and I think that you know. This was, you know, look, I'm not a guy that believes in, you know, ghosts or anything like that. But this could be a correction. No one has ever seen anything like this before. And what this virus has exposed is the fact that he don't know what the hell he's doing.
0: And he was riding on the
10: coattails of President Obama... He was like, yeah, we created the greatest economy of all time. If you say something loud enough and long enough, people will start believing that, especially if they're not doing their due diligence and edu- and looking into the facts. So now all of a sudden the economy is tanked. He has no ideas on how to fix it. There are almost 60, 000, 60 million Americans who are unemployed, and I love the way you broke those numbers down, $20, you know, $20 $200 uh, every week boils down to $5. Hours. I love the way you did that. I appreciate you bringing that to our, our conscience. Um, and now this pandemic has exposed him for what he is. He's a fraud. But Give me your final comments on this.
1: Jay, I, you know, I sat back in amazement like yourself, and I'm sure – uh, millions of other individuals who probably uh, voted for this guy, and 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 ask ourselves why all the time. Now, some people won't come off of that position simply because, either, whether it's party, or just simply their 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 ideology and belief on on race and and who you are as 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 a person. But but you know, let's go back to to the hearings where you had the the, the congressman, the, the 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 real ignorant one, uh, Lewis Gorman, you know, who sat back and you know kind of mocked the proceedings and didn't have on uh, his mask when they was questioning uh, the uh, this 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 criminal. <laughs> He's another criminal uh, bar. Uh, I can't even call him. You know, his title, because he's not an attorney general. Simply what he is, he's a mob boss lawyer. And, you know, and, and this guy makes a mockery of the other, you know, senators who are wearing masks. And then he catches the COVID. And then he gets on there and he's got on some bandana like he's in a Western movie. And did you hear what he said? He, he called it the Wuhan flu, okay? I mean, you, you're talking about a, a person, man, who is is so far enamored with this this reprobate uh, Trump, to where it just simply amazes me with with what we're seeing, not only in the halls of Congress and in our political leaders, but you look at our communities. Uh, that's an, a, another example where almost every day, you know, you, you're looking at TV and people are fighting over you know, my rights. Your right to do what? Impose on me. And you'll hear me say this time and time again. My rights don't end where you think yours began. So, you know, like I say, I'll be glad when this nightmare is over with. And of course what with what, what this guy is trying to do, this criminal, he's just simply trying to extend the nightmare. He understands what's at stake. And that's why you you, you see things such as this appointment Of this postmaster And you know him cutting You know overtime out And purposely Purposely trying to To delay the mail So he's already setting up He's already setting the stage To talk about you know The the mail-in votes are Are going to be Rigged And what's funny is in in this state here He actually won the mail-in And Balloted in 2016. Now it wasn't by much, so he was a beneficiary in 2016 But just so he can grasp that straw, he's doing this here. But but folks, you know, when when you look at your your healthcare professionals, these these COVID warriors that that we these first responders that you know you see people sitting back, um, you know, applauding and and honoring. These are the same individuals who are saying, look, wear the face mask. So if you, if, if you feel like it's so political, honor those individuals that, that, that you swear allegiance to, that, that you don't want to take mm-hmm. a knee to, and, and that you want to set back and say a patriot, Honor those individuals who are telling you right now wear the face mask because their work is being overbearing. I think I saw on the news this morning where uh, one of those um, – athletic centers or something in in, in, in Houston where they' where they're basically making a, a converted um, hospital because the, the, the hospitals are being overloaded. Well, guess what that's in 37 other states where you know your hospitals are at capacity and everybody every, all the scientists are saying that the mass helps. so I, I still don't understand where you get this idea from other than the fact that you're just being led by the devil. And and of course the residuals is that you are impacted everyone else, um, even the, mm. the, the the young lady who is his his um, what, what's what's the what's the girl's name? Um, Fauci is the only one I get credit to, but she's part of his task force. And this morning on one of the news uh, broadcasts, she had Burke, projected Dr. that Burke. it could very well. Right, you know she she now is kind of being more moderate, but she even projected that you know it, it could literally be 300,000 deaths in America by the time that a vaccine mm. comes out so it's mm. real it really and truly is and and you know the other day I, I I was looking at the world news and they had a young lady on there that was 20 some years of age and I'm geared to shut it down Jay but I, I, what I want people to envision this right is she, she was a double lung transplant recipient okay they showed the before and after pictures of her lung and I'm telling you it was so disturbing to me when I saw that. So, and, and and you can Google it now. And of course, they will have a damaged COVID lung on there. And when you see that right there, and you sit back and, and you're not trying to make any provisions to to safeguard other people. If you don't care enough about yourself, then safeguard other people. Now you got people out there in the streets, you know, riding and picking and stuff like that. Tell I they want their kids to go back to school for what? For what? Yep. Yeah. To get sick? That yeah. got I mean, illinois annoyed,
0: I don't understand. Yes, I don't understand. That it. that woman was out of Illinois, and I, I I seen that I seen that 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 one firsthand. I was like, my God! And, and it, it, she wasn't the first one. She's like, I think she's the second one. That's another guy that's yeah, that she right. done too. Well, uh, Ms.
10: Elias, that's got to serve as your last word because we're up against time. All right, we're going to step out and take a break. We'll be right back with uh, Chatterbox and our final thoughts. you listen to The Serious Side. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week.
5: For Lieutenant Junior Grade Matty Swagel, the sky isn't the limit. It's just the beginning. It's fun because it is difficult at the same time. Thank you. Swagel making history this month, completing her final training flight to become the first black female tactical jet pilot in the Navy's nearly 110 year aviation history. I think that representation is important. Uh, because we are a very diverse nation. (laughs) So I would like everyone to believe that they can achieve whatever they want to do. In an interview released by the Navy, she says growing up, her parents told her she could be anything. And when she saw the Navy's Blue Angels, she knew her calling. They were just so cool. I love them. Yeah, I just love the fast planes. (laughs) Swaggles going on to train among the country's best for the last three years. It's amazing to think about Uh, where I started and I couldn't I'd never been in an airplane before so it's just one step at a time. Her historic achievements celebrated by many. Senator Kamala Harris writing you're paving the way for young girls everywhere. The Navy's Vice Chief of Information tweeting go forth and kick butt. Swagel joining a list of other trailblazers. Rosemary Mariner who became the Navy's first female fighter pilot in 1974. And Brenda Robinson the first black female to earn her wings in the Navy in 1980. But the Navy's lack of diversity among its pilots has been criticized. A 2018 investigation found that out of roughly 1,400 F.A. 18 Hornet pilots, only 26 were black and only 33 were female. Last month, the Navy creating a special task force to address the issues of racism, sexism, and other destructive biases and their impact on Naval readiness. Swagel now hoping her story will inspire many others. I hope that my legacy will be that there will be a lot of other women and minority women and uh, just different faces. Uh, that come forward and know that they have all the tools that they need and, you know, follow their dreams.
9: That's it. Thank you for listening.
10: And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rowe. See you next
13: time.
2: You are listening to the
11: TJRS Radio Network.
4: Police in Portland, Oregon, declared an unlawful assembly last night. Authorities said protesters outside a police precinct threw bottles at officers. The clashes were the first since the Trump administration agreed to reduce the presence of federal law enforcement. Minnesota's Matt Dumba is the first NHL player to kneel during the National Anthem. Dumba took a knee as two other black players stood with a hand on each of his shoulders. Dumba spoke about racial justice ahead of the Oilers-Blackhawks game in Edmonton as the league restarted its season this weekend. Major League Baseball continues to have a rocky start to the 2020 season as teams contend with the threat of the coronavirus. Emily Files... Of member station WUWM in Milwaukee reports.
12: The
5: three game weekend series between the Milwaukee Brewers and St. Louis Cardinals was postponed after one more player and three staff with the Cardinals tested positive for the coronavirus on Saturday two Cardinals players had already tested positive on Friday. Also Saturday, Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Lorenzo Cain released a statement saying he was opting out of the rest of the season. He said it was the right decision for himself, his wife, and their three young children. Miami Marlins second baseman Eson Diaz also removed himself from the season over the weekend out of health concerns. The Marlins season was put on hold after an outbreak infected more than 20 people affiliated with the team. For NPR News, I'm Emily Files in Milwaukee.
4: And I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News.
10: All right, folks, it is time for our final thoughts, and I promise you I'm going to do my final thoughts. I'm going to read some comments. From chatterbox that we would normally do, but uh, obviously it was a good show and uh, time got away from us. So Vanessa, give me your final thoughts. Um,
6: we're in a bad situation, United States folks. So my final thoughts: quick, both lose twenty
10: twenty, get out and vote. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, appreciate you giving us some time to read some comments. Johnny D Man, final thoughts.
1: Once again, uh, this, this has been a, a, an enlightened period for myself. I always love uh, being part of a broadcast. I just like say, Big Brother, thank you for allowing me to be a part with, with the other p- professionals. Um, I'm just trying to hone in on my craft. And once I retire, not only will I take up traveling, but I, but, I, but I may look at doing this as a profession. So you have inspired me. Thank you to those individuals that allow us an opportunity to come into your home. And God bless.
10: Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, because you know how I feel about you. All right, man. The man it gets first and last word. Mr. Estelle, yes, man. Final thoughts. Mr. yes, your mic's not on.
0: Okay, Trump, get out John Lewis and Martin Luther King paved the way for you to 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 get out and vote. Treasure that, and and, and, and if it wasn't. If it wasn't that important for you to vote, why do you think Republicans are doing everything in their power to stop you from voting?
10: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me use my final thoughts to read some comments that normally we would read during Chatterbox. The pastor, Stephen F. Jones, peace and blessings, family. Love the second set. I agree with Johnny and Jay. I don't think Biden exposed the notes deliberately. I also agree with John o. Susan. Rice. She is ready day one. Thank you, Pastor. Patrick Denton, Texas. Thank you, Sirius I, for introducing me to politics in a barbershop slash beauty shop kind of way, okay? Listening to this show has broadened my horizons on how important it is to participate in the democratic process of voting. I hate to say this, but this will be my I will be voting for the first time in my adult life this November. Hey, man, listen. It's always the first time. Appreciate you, Pat. Uh, Lorena, El Paso, Texas. It's beyond my comprehension why people do not vote. If you don't vote, you have no voice. Hashtag S-T-H-U. What the hell is
0: that stand for? All
10: right, Corey. Oh, thank you, Lorena. Uh, Corey, a Georgia. I love Mayor Bottoms. What does it stand for, Mr.
0: Shut the hell up.
10: Oh, damn. Thanks. Okay. She's telling y'all to shut the hell up if you don't vote. Corey, Atlanta, Georgia. I love Mayor Bottles, but I'd rather have someone with more experience in that position. Val Deming, Susan Rice. I agree with Jerome, and say no to Kamala Harris. Wow. Uh, Royce, Cleveland, Ohio. I have never. I am a never Trump Republican. He will not win Ohio. He is a liar, or murderer, and a racist bigot. May his soul rot in hell. Wow. That's a drop the mic moment We're just going to stop right there (laughs) May he rot in hell I don't want to wish damnation on his soul Royce But I will say That for the things that he's done He should be brought up on charges People have died because of decisions That he has made And I'm tired of people using the umbrella of the presidency When they know damn well His incompetence Has cost thousands and thousands Of Americans their lives it is ridiculous, it is wrong And I hope one day soon People who make these types of mistakes And I go back to my comments I made about uh, You know, prosecutors who put people in, in prison And these people have come out innocent uh, You know, saying I'm sorry is not going to bring back 35 years of A person's life or freedom that you took away If you have those types of jobs You should be held to a different standard So hopefully one day soon People like Trump and folks that do things that are unethical that cause people to lose their lives will be held accountable in these, in this uh, in the court systems of this great nation. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow, show blessings to my main man, Mr. Jerome Espree, and to all those who are dealing with situations that uh, only God can fix. So, for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Mr. Elias, for my main man, Johnny D., I'm J. Ross, saying I have a wonderful work week. Be safe, wear a mask, and remember, if we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
2: You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.